Yeah. Hello, welcome to episode 190 of Three Bears in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird, and with Barry Neil. Barry, we're once again doing this for one of Zoom because the world is still locked, well, Scotland's still locked down very much. Yes. We can't really go anywhere. Maybe soon we can go places, but right now we're still stuck at home. So we're going to be doing yeah. all our movie chat by the one of the big. I can see you, it's nice, it's lovely. We can chat to each other. It's a nice, it's a very civil Sunday evening. Um, hmm. It's all very, very good. Um, are you drinking anything tonight for? tonight's podcast. Um, 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 what are you drinking tonight? I popped in, I popped in and picked up four bottles of Copa Berg pear. You know, quite quite light, you know, nothing fucking crazy. You know, yeah. I'm still on holiday, but it was like I wanted a wee drink, but nothing too mental, you know. Oh. So what about yourself? I'm on Dr. Pepper today, but I have become one of those pricks now who joined one of those beer club things. Uh-huh. You know, they, they post the, like the, a box of beers out to you once a month for like different variations. So I've not got my oh, first nice. box through yet. I'm doing it through Beer Fifty Two, who sponsor every single podcast, probably apart from this one. So if they want to do it, by all means, jump in. Um, so in the next couple of weeks, I'll have a Beer Fifty Over Well, as of like tomorrow, I'll have my Beer Fifty Two, and I think it's eight beers from I think it's Belgium this time around. I'm not 100 percent sure. Maybe it's like Belgian beers. So probably the next few weeks when I'm when I'm drinking on the podcast, I'll have a Belgian beer to drink and we can discuss that at length. But you know, probably those beer boxes and we've had it before is you get a beer, you really like it, you can't get it anywhere else again. You know, you can't find ah, it. I guess. You know, it's like ah, you know, it's ah, just easy. Yeah. You know, so yeah, so we'll, I'll, I'll have that over the next couple of weeks. Well, from from beer as um, March, April become a more drinking heavy um, month possibly because mm. in some lovely news for Scotland right now. Um, this is partly attached to the movie news lockdown that we have going has had going on since like before Christmas and even before that for most of the year seems to be having a light in the tunnel chinks in the in the sort of the armor of lockdown seems to be appearing and we might actually get out to enjoy the world um, over the next eight weeks really it's going to start sort of slowly mm. relaxing which is is lovely and a big part of that is I think it's May. 12 possibly, I think I can't remember the exact day, I should have expected memory by now, but they're talking cinemas will be able to reopen and obviously in some sort of reduced capacity probably not dissimilar to what they were like when they opened back up in June there mm. um, yeah, yeah, something like that, so as a man who's not been to cinema, he's been to cinema once in the past year, you know mm. um, this, this is um, a very exciting time and I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful that the cinema can open again and we can start getting to see movies again at the cinema yeah, yeah, yeah uh, well, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, smaller capacities, how they're going to manage it. I don't know if you're, if it's all just going to be your book online and yeah. it's like you're not allowed to turn up to the place unless you've actually booked a ticket for a time slot. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I just need to get away and see, you know, as kind of time drags on and because we know that like, you know, the world is getting busy out there. I find myself slowly reclusing back into my house when it's my days off, just being like, you guys crack on, you guys. I'll be yeah. sitting in my house being safe. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have realised that I've made a lot of plans to meet up with people um, after this lockdown's over, forgetting that I am quite a reclusive person and I'm actually a bit an introvert and I'm not really mm. up for seeing a lot of people. So I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to have to break a lot. I'm going to have to break a lot of promises and go, see all that stuff I said in like middle of March when I was like, I'm so excited to see you. I'm, I'm not going to come out. I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy at home with my DVDs. Um, but the cinema thing, I'm really excited about it because I remember going to see the cinema in June of um, last year when it did reopen for a, for a short period of time. Me and Jill went. Um, and genuinely, I found it quite 
safe. It didn't feel mm. I was endangered. It felt like it was actually done really well. The staff were really good in the cinema. The, the social distancing aspect was very much there. Um, it was a quiet cinema at the time, so I don't know how much that will change when it gets when a big if a big film is out and it starts to get busy. Will that suddenly change? Will people be dicks about it? You know where they're sitting. But genuinely, yeah. from, compared to the cinema, could come out for a few meals during that time with the whole, you know, eat out to help out and stuff that was going on. And I felt a lot less secure in a restaurant than I did say in the cinema. I felt cinema it was a much more manageable environment. You're sitting in the same chair for two hours. You're fine. You can just you've got a wee bubble around you. It's totally fine. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I'm I'm very hopeful that things open up because as much as watching films at home is nice and it's you can enjoy them, I'm really itching to see something on a big screen again. And there's some big hitters coming out in the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months that to watch them at home is going to feel really. Just a bit sad, to be honest. That they yeah. deserve a massive release, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Not to be a Debbie Downer, but my good lady thinks we're going to have two lockdowns this year. Is that, that, that's her prediction? That's her prediction. I said one. I was being cheeky. I went yeah. in there. I was like, we're definitely getting another one because people will yeah. come running out of their houses in April, you know, and then we'll see get one hitting, down. Yeah, I can see one hitting maybe about, they'll try and get through somewhere, get people somewhere to try and get everything, you know, Hopefully, hope that England will win the Euro Championships and that'll make everyone happy in the country. Well, not south of the border anyway. Um, yeah. And keep that going. And then by August time next year, this year, sorry, by August time, they'll be, they'll, they'll be talking the air of a lockdown and probably by like September, they'll probably be shutting shit down again. Yeah. You get that kind of sense. Yeah. And then hopefully it'll be open again before, just before Christmas, hopefully with the sort of thing. But I'm, I'm assuming you're a good lady who is a lady of medical knowledge. She feels that it'll be quite quick after the reopen things that will shut down again. Uh, I don't actually think she said any sort of specific date or time. It was just she reckons it's going to be two before the end of the year. So wow. I mean, hey, who knows? Hey, who knows? Who knows? You know? Who knows? Exactly. Who knows? But I, I, I think it's not. A, it's not a bad bet that that could be correct. Yeah. I think. I think. I think we're all. Websites are still not taking bets on lockdowns, which is frustrating. Oh, because okay. I mean, because then we'll go what counts a lockdown and what's not a lockdown. Yeah, uh, true. I'll come down to that. Um, but talk of lockdowns, hopefully, is ending. Hopefully, we'll get to cinema soon. I pray we get to cinema. I miss the cinema. I want to get back. Um, and yeah. I want to see movies in a, in a cinematic environment. Um, mm. But for now, we're still stuck at home. We're still watching stuff via streaming. And that's what we'll be talking about this week. So, First film this week is one that is on Amazon Prime. It came out towards, I think, the tail end of last year. Um, it was supposed to get a cinema release, but didn't. But it does feel very much a DVD movie. Uh, and that film is called <laughs> um, which is directed by M.J. Bassett, who directed a film called Death Watch, which was actually quite good. I really liked. Yeah. Um, I directed a film called Solomon Kane, which was truly one of the most horrendous pieces of shit I've ever watched in my life. Um, so he, he, he swings... You know, quite he swings about. You know what he, what his quality is. are. Um, the plot of this film is you have got a group of mercenaries who are going in to save a bunch of women who have been held by a sort of Boko Haram type cult leader, sort of like person. As they rescue them, they get pursued by the the people who are, the people who are holding them, the the, the hostage takers. Um, that causes them to have to veer wildly off course in Africa, um, and they they manage to hole up at a Sort of abandoned shack area, like sort of like a sort of um, what would you call it? Like almost like a petting zoo type thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
which had tigers and lions, and mainly lions in it, that have now escaped and are now hunting them um, on the premise. Mm. And at the same time, the hostage takers who want the girls back um, in order to exploit them are, try, are trying to kill them as well. So you've got them, they've got to try and avoid the lions and the people um, as they try and escape with their lives. So an interesting premise for a thriller. It's not something I've ever seen before. The, mm. old, the old lying, the lion, you know, hostage taker movie. It's, 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 a, it's a rare one. Uh, in the film, you've got Michael, uh, Michael Fox, Megan Fox, um, <laughs> and a Playing quite against type, not what you expect Megan Fox to be in. Um, you no. Philip, Philip Winchester, who is in a film called Flyboys, and he was in Solomon Kane as well. He must be a friend of MJ Bassett. He popped up in this. Um, Greg Creek from Black Mirror and Maze Runner, he popped up in it as well. And also Jessica Sutton from Escape Room and Kissing Booth. She plays sort of the primary lady they're trying to save. Um, start with you. What would you think of this one? This movie, to say it was a DVD release, is being very generous with it. I agree. Yeah. If, I see, if I seen this ragtag group turning up, I think I'd just be like, just leave me in the cage, guys. I think I'm, I think I'm just going to wait this one out, you know? Yeah. I, th- I think I could actually be better off myself, <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. You know, yeah, you know, Megan Fox, she's not really kind of used to doing these kind of movies, but I just found her just so un unbelievable as a as a lead mercenary of, of this group. And it was very odd coming, casting, wasn't it? It was very, very odd casting. And, and the people coming behind her didn't fill me with much confidence either. I was like, eh, you know. But to be fair, like the movie just seemed like the plot of like Jurassic Park, but with hostages. Yeah, but instead of dinosaurs, it's fucking like tigers and all that. Aye, so, you know, you're just like this is the strangest movie I've watched this year yet. Yeah, you know? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't overly strange. I thought it was it was a very it was a I would say it was slightly better than I expected. Thriller. When I heard the, the premise, yes. of, I was like, this is this sounds horrendous. This doesn't sound like very, this guy to be very very bad or very very average. And I thought it was very mm. very average, which is not not because mm. this, this is probably the best. This is kind of the best this film could be. Which was very average. Mm. Um, it done. It done. It made. It was. It had decent action and thrills throughout it. It, it moved at a relatively okay pace. Um, maybe mm. could have been cut down to ninety minutes. You know, it was kind of pushing itself at an hour forty-five. But then we'll get to another yeah. film that went way over the hour forty-five in a little minute. Um, you know, so could have been trimmed down a little bit. It could clearly be seen it was made on a budget. There was there was a, there mm. was um, some very dodgy CGI um, animals mm. in it. Yeah. Uh, that sort of shown up the budget, but when it wasn't relying on that part of it, it was just about a kind of tense sort of cat and mouse game, so to speak. I yeah. thought it was all right. I, I mean, it, it's not by no means is it a great movie. No means does it break any sort of new ground, but, but no, was, I, just, I thought it was not bad. I, I just think there's cat. There's better movies within this kind of like yeah mercenary hostage genre kind of like there's much better choices you know yeah this is definitely bottom of the barrel and like you said with the cgi i found like the elephants this is a spoiler because they don't actually do anything they're just there i found the elephant scene i was that's what stood out to me i was like oh that looks ropey that looks rough i thought the finale see the finale when the when the tiger is sort Mm -hmm. of like the lion keeping tiger the lion is sort of like the final sort of two or three minutes of the line, I'm like going, that looks awful. That looks like genuinely like sort of like bad video game level graphics. 
Um, which I think is just to do with the, the, the budget they had for it. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it did get better, though, as, like, at the start of it, there's a shit ton of characters. Like, the, the Mercery team is fucking huge. There's about 20 of them or something. There's, like, it's massive. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Which is odd, because usually the Mercery teams are, like, maybe five or six max yeah. running in, doing their thing, running away again. This was, like, yeah. if I going to half an army running into a small Aye. compound. And because yeah. of that, I felt like I didn't really know who anyone was. Also, a lot of guys were, like, sort of, Army fatigues with beards shouting stuff. I don't really know who was who for, for a wee bit of it. Once it started, once yeah. it started knocking a few of them off, you know, various in various ways, it became a little bit more interesting. <laughs> like, okay, I can go right, but I know who that character is now because it, it, there's only like two of them left. That sort of made it a bit more interesting. Um, they were hired. They were hired to be cannon fodder for the rest of the team. Cannon fodder or, <laughs> or lion fodder, as the case may be. Um, <laughs> it's one of the films. It's it's kind of in that it, like. This could so like my favorite type, my favorite film of all time is Jaws. Jaws mm. could be this quite easily, you know. It takes the skill of a really skill of, of the talent of a really skilled director to make it into something more. Mm. And this guy is not Steven Spielberg, you know. He hasn't quite got no. the, the the chops to make this into something more. He's not gonna he's not gonna cast either to do it in fairness, but the the, the B movie monster giant or killer animal genre is something that's been well trodden before and it takes a certain level of skill to pull it off to be better than average in the fairness this is average which is as best as you could really hope for um, but to elevate it beyond that you need somebody special and there's nothing particularly special about this um, yeah but what it's it, a very forgettable film yeah you can watch it on a Friday night and be totally fine um, especially during lockdown but if you ask me to describe anything then it really you know, a day later, I only watched it this afternoon, so if you ask me to say something about this film on, like, Tuesday, I will have very little mm. memory of what to see in it, um, or who anybody will want. Other than the fact, I know Megan Fox in it, because it felt really odd that she was in it. Other than that, I can't really remember, I won't really remember much about it, to be honest. Yeah, totally. Like I said, apart from just being such, like, an unbelievable cast of, like, mercenaries, I was just about, like, yeah, this is, like, just so forgettable. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just one of those movies that have been released and then just dumped onto online service and will no doubt quickly disappear into the big vault. You know, but it is one of those movies that is sort of built for that. It's like the DVD, you know, the old DVD straight to DVD straight to video release, which is sort of you know serviceable movies, but nothing special. This just this hits that bang in the middle. So mm. that's straight to DVD or straight to streaming is probably the, the perfect place for this movie because you go to cinema, no, you know, cinema's not going to do well with this kind of film. People are not going to go and see this film. It's not going to be lasting. No, I, I would have been deeply gutted if I had parted ways, uh, if I had parted money for this movie. Aye, but you'll sit, because it's for, you've got Amazon already, you can sit and watch it. Yeah. You know, um, I would give it a very average, like the most average you can possibly get and that is 5 out of 10. Ooh. I'm going lower than yours. I was Ooh. giving it four out of ten. Well, oof, harsh, so harsh. Yeah. Um, I understand. I understand. Um, next film up is one that's on. So we should say Rogue is available on Amazon Prime for, for Rogue if you, mm. if you fancy some Megan Fox lion action. Um, yeah. The next, the next film we're up is one that's on Netflix. It's a Netflix. I think it's Netflix original, but just it's, is it Netflix original? I can't remember. Um, it's called mm, Yesterday. Yesterday, directed by Miguel Arteta. Not. The Mikel Arteta, who is the Arsenal manager, it's Miguel Arteta, um, who directed a film called Youth and Revolt, which I really liked when I was younger, um, and mm. also The Good Girl, which was sort of one of the first films Jennifer Aniston did that wasn't Friends. Again, I really enjoyed that film. 
since then he's, he's been doing stuff like like a boss and um, this and the there's a really long title film of like someone's very good horrible bad day uh, he done as well so he's um oh Alexander the terrible horrible no good very bad day that's the one yes again with Jennifer Garner who's in this film as well so the plot of this film is it's two parents who basically find out their kids think they're like Stalin and they think they're basically oppressing them at all times. So they decide to alert, they mm. decide to hit on this idea through the help of a, a very creepy, weird janitor sports coach that how they keep the kids on side is by having a yes day, which is when the kids are in charge, the parents mm. must say yes to everything that the kids want to do. Um, the wee spanner works this one as well is that the kids don't think the parents will last it out. Um, and the mother makes a deal that if she does last it out, then the oldest kid has to go to the, uh, a local concert with her rather than going by herself. If, if, if Jennifer Garner, who plays the mum, says no to anything, then the kid gets to go to the concert by herself. And that's that's the stakes of what this concert is, um, although what, the, what, the, what the movie is. Um, in the film, you've got Jennifer Garner playing the mum. You've got Edgar Ramirez playing the dad. Uh, Gold, he's, he's from Gold and the remake of Point Break. Uh, Jenna Ortega, who I don't really recognise from much, I think she's like a Disney kid, uh, and Nat Faxon as well uh, popped up in the film. I think this movie's based on a book for, um, for a few, like from quite a while ago. I'm not sure when it came out, but I'm sure it's based on a, a book. When I first heard that, oh. there was a film called Yes Man. Do you remember that film? Yes. Yeah, wait. What's his face? Jim Carrey. Um, yeah, Jim Carrey. Thank you. And that was based on a book by a guy called Danny Wallace, who done it in Britain, where he basically made Charles and would say yes to everything for a year. Um, and I thought this was sort of like trying to be a child-friendly version of, of that, you know, something, you know, mm. you can't have kids saying yes to bungee jumping and stuff like that, so... Um, why not? Yes, why not? Indeed, why not? Um, so I thought, I, I thought maybe that's what it was, but apparently not. Apparently it's based on a book by... I look here right now. Thomas Lichheld, Lichenheld. So it's based on his book. Um, nope. So, yeah, there you go. It's based on his book. I'll start with this one. It, this film is it, a nice, wee cute premise. I, I actually quite like the idea of, the, of parents having to say yes to everything their kids, you know, because it has, it, it opens up a world where you could have a lot of fun and comedy in it. And unfortunately, mm. this film, the cute premise rapidly, rapidly runs out of steam. Um, yes. Extremely, extremely quickly. Um, the plot is almost minimal. In fact, I can't even remember if there was particularly a plot. It just seems that there's a, it's a series of skits that sort of put together, jumping mm. from place to place. And then, they put, uh, then they sort of just piece it all together and, and they try and pass it off as what was a, a, an overall movie. Um, and they try and push some like sort of drama in towards the end regarding the concert and mum and the mum and kids falling out and stuff like that. But it was just so bland. I thought it just it got really dull really quickly. And I know I think it is skewing for a younger audience. Yeah, one hundred percent. But even young, young kids, I don't think would find much interest in this after a few minutes. And it's literally nothing in it for parents, you know, mm. nothing, you know, or for older people. Um, what do you think of it? Yeah, pretty much the same, did. It's, uh, I found very much the same. There's like, it's for a young audience, but like you said, it's like, I can't even really recommend this to my, my younger nieces because I feel like even the youngest one, I think she'd be getting bored of this within like half an hour. Once right. she understands the premise, I think she's like, I, I, cool, I've got it. It's yeah. like, I don't really need to watch this. Um, you know, and the whole thing about her getting to go to the concert by herself, it's like, 
you know, you're just like, uh, this is just like an overbearing parent struggling to let go of a child, yeah. you know. But I don't think the parents um, are that bad. I think it's more the kids are just dicks. Yeah, yeah, totally, and need to be kept on a tight string. I know, the, the parents know? don't seem that bad. <laughs> they don't seem all right, to be honest. Uh, you know, like, well, obviously we don't have kids, but I'm sure, like, I'm sure that is a lot of times when you have to tell your kid, like, no, I, a lot true. throughout the course of the day as they're trying to pick up, like, knives and eat ice cream, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, but I feel like it's just, this film is just so just, once again, another just forgettable movie. It's yeah. like, you watch it, you feel warm and fuzzy for about five minutes, and then you're like, ah, I don't actually really care about this movie, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, that's the thing. Know? I like, the wee, the youngest kid I thought was quite, like, even her and her dad are singing in the mm. car, I thought was very cute, and she was and she yes. really cute as well. And most of the kids are good, and even Jennifer Garner, she's good in it. But mm. she's like, they're trying to stretch this material way too much, and it just comes very, very thin very quickly. Um, I think Youngest of kids, I mean, my niece is like five and well, six now. I don't think she would be that interested in this. I think she would get bored mm. very quickly. I think she'd rather go away watch Wonder Woman. I want to watch, you know, yeah, Avengers rather than watch I this. I feel like I feel sorry for all the parents that are going to end up having to suffer yesterdays if their kids ever watch this movie and decide that this is a good idea. Yeah, you know? apparently, there's a, a thing in America, apparently, it's been done. Kid parents do it as a thing in America, you know, it's like World Book Day or something, they sort of do it as a day. Um, and I think Jennifer Garner, okay. she does it with her kids, and it's hard to kind of watch because she's producer on the film as well. She wanted to do this film for that reason, it's something that her, her kids do, and she wants to bring it to the big screen. Um, the one thing I will put in favor, which me and you both love, um, short runtime like 84 minutes. That was that was yeah. it. That, yeah, we like that. Um, if, if you're going to do a very bang, a bang average movie, then for fuck's sake, make it 84 minutes. Yeah, let, let us just knock it out the park where we're moving, where we're only half paying attention to it, and yeah. then it's over. You know? Yeah, um, and that's the thing. But, I became the point I was barely paying attention to it. I was barely not, I wasn't mm. even, I was hardly, I was half watching it at best. Mm, yeah, Which, yeah, I feel like, like you said about Rogue, I feel that this is another one that if it came out in the cinema here, especially because we don't have these kind of this kind of culture in our like world, I feel that this would have tanked because everyone would have been sitting there going like, wait a minute, so for one day you give your kids free reign, that seems like fucking madness. You know? Just very average. I am giving it a below average 4 out of 10. Ooh. Funnily enough, I was joining you on that when I was giving this one a 4 out of 10 as well. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's better stuff out there, people. You know, better stuff out there. And then also, yeah. I'm just one of these things. See if you make a film for kids, I totally get it. Mm. Throw some stuff in for the adults. The adult, and, and you're going to get the kids. If this was in the cinema, for example, the kids are going to the kids want to go. You're going to take them, so you get the kids' money. The adults have to mm. go along with them, so you're getting them there as well. Put fucking something mm. in it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not looking for like something explicit in it, but give us a couple of jokes that make an adult laugh. Yeah. I want a good dick joke in there, you know. Even, but even just a subtle one, you know, something like you know, silly, and but you know, it can totally be done, you know. It's yeah, um, because yeah. there's a few films I've run, I'm run a blank right of like sort of good kids films that I actually also found very funny. You know, it's like that cloudy with a chance of meatballs. That was a very heady mm. friendly film, but I found it hilarious. I thought it was some cracking, like absolute cracking stuff in it for um, adults as well, and it made you laugh. Mm. So. There is a way of doing it if you if you've got the right 
you know, writers and you can put a bit of effort into it. This one just seemed aimable and they got and they're hoping to get the kids involved in it, but that's about it. Um, but yeah, so four out of ten from both me and Barry. So what I'm saying is there's other stuff to watch. Maybe avoid yeah. yesterday. Um, watch Yes Man. Yes Man wasn't a bad film. I actually quite enjoyed Yes Man. The one with Jim Carrey. I actually quite enjoyed that film. So Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah me too. So on to this one. Um I tasked Barry with watching this one. He did not invest his time in it, which I understand based on, on, on a few things. So Well in my defence, I was all set to watch it until I found out the runtime of this oh movie. My God, see, I wish we'd started watching it and found out halfway through. It was so far it was so funny. Um oh, that's yeah. brutal. The film is Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League. Um, obviously directed by Zack Snyder, who directed 300, Batman v Superman, the absolutely fantastic Dawn of the Dead remake, um, Man of Steel, and also The Watchmen. Um, now, the plot of this film is, it's the same film was out three years ago, in the sense that it's about all the Justice League, Batman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and the rest, Superman, coming together in order to fight against the baddie who is called Darkseed. No, not Darkseed, Steppenwolf, um, who is trying to bring Darkseed into the world, and he will basically turn the world into a plague and take and destroy the planet. And that's essentially the plot. That's essentially the plot. Uh, along the way, there's a lot of other stuff where they have to collect things in order to stop that from happening. Um, but that's, that's the basic plot of it. Justice League have to stop big bad guy from doing stuff. Um, in the film, you've got Ben Affleck playing Batman, Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman, Henry Cavill playing Superman, Jason Momoa plays Aquaman, Ray Fisher plays Cyborg, Ezra Miller plays The Flash, and Amy Adams has some lines in it. She's playing Lois Lane, but you know, the disgraceful element of the fact that you put Amy Adams in a film and don't let her fucking do anything. So that irritated me. The basic backstory of this one is that... Do you know the backstory of this film? Have you interest? Am I, am, um, do you know what this is all about? No, no. No. Like, how, did, how did how did it come about that he ended up wanting to go back into the editing suite and make a fucking four hour epic? That's why. Zach Snyder, Snyder was making the Justice League, um, and he unfortunately hit by, by a family tragedy when his daughter, I think it was, hung herself um, and, and passed away. So he stepped mm-hmm. he stepped off that film at that point, but with, with complete understanding why he would do it, he you know, had to deal with his family life and, and deal with everything going on there. Um, and Joss Whedon stepped in to do the film and apparently his job was to just do a couple of reshoots, just get some stuff tightened up, get the film finished off and then move on from it. The film that mm-hmm. came out apparently, according to Zack Snyder, had nothing in comparison to what he was doing. There was, there was tons of stuff cut out, there was stuff all moved around, there was a lot of stuff done differently. Um, and the, 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 the Justice League film that came out in 2017 was essentially a fucking mess. It is a bad movie from start mm-hmm. to finish. Um, it wasn't particularly good. There was, since then, there's been a massive outcry by the Zack Snyder fans who are very vocal on Twitter and Instagram and all their social medias about how much they love Zack Snyder and they want to see the Snyder cut restored. Because um, he basically came out and said, there is a cut of this film that's four hours long that I've done that's perfect and you'll love it and it's amazing. The problem with that was people who didn't like the original Justice League film kept going, why do we want to see another cut of this film? It's fucking terrible. We don't want to see it. No one really needs to see it. There's no, there's no real need for this, which you can understand. Um, and the people who were pushing for the Snyder Cut to be, to be brought back, on, me, on social media, they were very misogynist. They would specifically attack women um, who were against the movie, you know, who were against the Justice League, who didn't like... Or not, they're not against it, just gave it a critically poor response, you know, who, you know, was out of their job. 
they would give them shit for it and just hound them on the internet and became really shitty about it and just made life really kind of crappy for a lot of people just over the fact that it was about a movie, which makes no sense whatsoever. Um, but eventually, through fan pressure and everything, they eventually brought this movie out, and this is the film we now have with the Jack Snyder's Justice League. That's essentially the backstory of the film. Are you even interested in seeing this now? Do you have any interest in watching it now? <laughs> no, no, no. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's like the problem is like you're talking to a guy who hasn't even who's barely started the MCU, let alone finished it. So to try and sit through like a four hour superhero movie is gonna be fucking torture, you know? Yeah. Um and that's and that's the problem. That is the problem. The biggest thing is it's a four hour film. It's a fucking long ass film. And just cut it cut it anyway, even in a, even in a binging mm. world where you we all binge episodes of Game of Thrones and you know, all that kind of stuff. Sitting down for a four-hour narrative is a fucking effort. It's a long movie. It's a long-ass movie. Even if a film fan like myself, I'm not really up for four-hour movies either. Um, I think, for number one, I think it shows a lack of skill in making a, a coherent story quickly. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's a skill in making a story within a time frame, mm. not just going, let's put everything there and let's see how it all goes. So that's the biggest issue with this film. It is a more coherent story compared to the first one, because you get more time. The structure of the film does make more sense, which, give it that, that does make more sense, because, again, you've got four fucking hours rather than two hours, two and a bit hours. So, of course, it'll make more sense. You've got four hours to do so you're going to make, it's going to work better, I think. Yeah. Um, but, because it's so long and four-hour length time, I just, I, I lost interest. I didn't care, mm. you know? The overall story has not really changed that much. And that change, and that fulfillment, that idea, that premise is muddled and not particularly well thought out. So making it longer, yes, it has a bit of backstory to some of the characters in the film. It doesn't make the overall art any less muddled. It's still a film you go, what? What's the, what's the purpose of this? And the biggest issue I've got with it is there's whole scenes in this film built around the origin of some of the characters, like the Flash and like the Cyborg. Um, because you've not seen those characters before in the films. You have to spend time making their story. Whereas like, the MCU stuff, which mm. you've not seen all of it, but the MCU spent five or six films building up all the characters so that when they get into like an Avengers situation, they're already formed, they're already there. You just go straight into the fucking story. Yeah. You don't have to spend time wasting yeah. about origin stories. So that just extends the story over and over again. Um Visually, it's very impressive, but there's a shit ton of slow mo in it, and um, it's it's slow mo out its nut to the point you don't know, you know, which adds a good few, a good bit of time onto the runtime. It's a kind of film. It's it's an intriguing film exercise because you're basically watching the same film again but done differently. So so in a way, it's, it's an interesting exercise for a film student in many ways to watch, but. Other than people who really who definitely want to see this, and apparently everyone who wanted it loves it, so. Really to them, they've got it. Happy for them. Sure. Go away and watch it. Stop harassing women on the internet and don't be dicks about it, you know? Go watch it, jerk off and have fun. Mm. Um, everybody else, I don't see it. It's, it's, it's not going to turn me around. I'm, I'm not saying that it's a bit. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I now love Justice League. It makes a, maybe a, mm. a, a D- movie into maybe a C- movie or maybe a D+. Plus. But that's about mm. it. It's, mm. not, it's not a great film. It's a fucking slog. 
but it is better than the first cut. And I can see why it's better than the first cut, because there's, there's a lot of story decisions in the first cut that just didn't make sense. They've, they've basically trimmed them right out of it. So I understand the purpose of it. But his vision for the film isn't some miraculously different version of the original. It's not like, you know, turning water into wine. It, it's, it's just... It's tweaking it here and there. Yeah. And to take four hours to tweak that is a long four hours and, and not particularly amazingly enjoyable four hours. A, a solid mm. four hours, but still four fucking hours. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just too fucking long. It's like, you know, what's the average runtime for like superhero, uh, superhero movies? Maybe I mean, like two hours or something? Two hours. If you, if you like Infinity War maybe runs to like two hours, 30, two hours, 40, because it's a big event. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, this is fucking wild for a movie to be running this length yeah. and this genre as well, you know? Yeah. And like you said, it's like, if it's only really tightening it up from the previous movie, then why is it's it this thing? It does not tighten it up. It makes it longer. It just adds, yeah. it basically adds more stuff in that does add a little bit more coherence to it, but not enough to justify the four hours. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you if you could do if you could remake that tour film with and put all the stuff back in and make it coherent and let's say make it three hours, I would mm. say that's more of an achievement because then you've you've actually made a movie at that point that mm. is a proper movie. It's not just an assembly cut and it's a film that you can actually watch and, and perhaps enjoy. If you just put a four hour film, just dump it there like that, um, it's one of those things where it's like you've it just it's it's satisfying your itch. But not satisfying, not satisfying a mass audience. Also, I think it really pissed me mm. off, and this is just pure director wank material. Was he released it in four three ratio, not widescreen? Right. So why? Because he said, well, four three ratio makes the superheroes look bigger. It makes them feel more like epic, and it looks better on IMAX. No one's got a fuck. You're releasing this on a streaming platform that's all, everyone's watching at home. No one's watching it on a fucking IMAX. We're all watching it on yeah. what we all have at home. We've all got widescreen televisions. So let's try and put yeah. films in that. I don't know. I don't know anyone that doesn't have a, a widescreen TV. I mean, ah. uh, exactly. There you go. So it's like, is this guy's long-term plan is to then re-release it again in IMAX and all that? Possibly. Possibly could be. That could be his dream. But if you're putting a film on a streaming platform, that everyone's watching on their home televisions, and that's what it's yeah. always going to be. A hate, it's always going to be, it's never going to go to cinemas, it's always going to be a, a, a streaming release, never going to be in cinemas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you doing that? That is just pure, yeah, wank material. You think this is your style, and this is this is where you think it should be seen. You're not giving the audience the full picture of the movie, you know, give them the fucking white screen release, and then they can enjoy it and they're actually watch it on a screen properly. Yeah, that annoyed the shit out of me. Uh, what a dick, yeah, that's that's a dick move, you know, yeah. It's a shame because by all accounts, Zach Snyder's a really nice guy, and but he's just got this army of fans mm. who are not nice people, which makes me really dislike mm. Zach Snyder. And it's not yeah. Zach Snyder's fault, you know. It's, it's like liking a band, you know. We, we, you love a band and find out they've got fans that are all dicks. You go, oh shit, I really like that band. Or, fans are dicks. Can I still like the band? You know. And that's what I feel like. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I like Zach Snyder the person. I've never heard him in an interview. He seems a really nice guy. Some of these films I like, some of the films I dislike, I don't like as much, some of them I think are great, some of them I think are maybe average, but I'm rooting for him, and his next film sounds fucking incredible, I'm looking forward to his new film, Army of the Dead, it looks absolutely amazing, um, mm. because his fans are so 
arse holy. I, I, I find myself rooting against that kind. Of, I don't want to root against that kind. Of, I, just, I want him to fail to make them unhappy. Mm. And that's 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 me. That's me of those that. Yeah, and then they'll start claiming online that it's like Hollywood conspiring against them. Aye, probably. Even though you know you've had all the opportunity, you know, Warner Brothers give you forty million to do reshoots in a film that everyone everyone has already seen. Yeah, you know, nobody was interested. For what it's worth, I give it a six out of ten. Mm, you yes. know, four it's, out of ten. It's a star it's, for every Yeah, it's 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 watchable if somewhat long. If you didn't love the first Justice League. You're not going to love the Justice League after this, but it might add a bit of context to it. But it's still an overblown film that's just that, that needs work on a script level. Um, and that's us for this week. Next week, yeah. we've got some hopefully shorter films. Um, the first one is called The War with Grandpa, which has got Robert De Niro in comedy mode, which mm. is always makes me feel a little bit shivery. I'm, I'm not yeah. a fan of De Niro doing comedy. He's, he's cashing in at this point. He's making a pension pot. He's not actually. He's actually making money for his film festival, which I actually find quite noble. He, he, he runs the Tribeca Film Festival, and essentially these films pay for that. Oh, nice. So it's one of the things, like, when he does this shit film, but then he, the Tribeca Film Festival showcases so many other good films. I'm going, ah, you know what, Robert, I can I get what you're doing, but still, I wish you weren't doing it. Um, but we'll see how it is. Maybe yeah, you're, you're shitting your career. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll be great. Also, next week we're going to watch on Netflix Operation Varsity Blues, which we hopefully get to see rich people get the shit kicked out of them. Um, they're probably not enough. Um, I, feel, I feel it'll be a little bit like that Fire Festival documentary watch where you end up hating every single human being in the documentary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can know the backstory of this documentary, so I'm, I'm kind of rooting for... I'm, for once in my life, I'm rooting for the police. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and you well, don't well, say that often. Yeah, certainly in this day and age, we're, looking, we're, we're hoping the FBI win. <laughs> also on Netflix, we've got The Best of Enemies, which looks like a very thought-provoking drama. And also coming out this week is a film called Ammonite, which I'm very excited to see, um, which is a sort of a love story at the start of the turn of the century between Kate Winslet and Sasa Ronan. Um, and they're both mm. um, archaeologists trying to survive in a man's world. Um, so... It's done by the guy who did a film a few years ago called God's Own Country, which was one of the most mm-hmm. genuinely most beautiful depictions of love I've seen on screen in a long time. And it's about two sheep farmers um, in Yorkshire. Like the one of them was like a, a farmhand, the other one's like a, an immigrant, and the, these two guys fall in love. Um, but obviously, they can't really be in love because of sheep farmers in Yorkshire, and people would you know be shitty to them. But there's, there's, a, there's such mm-hmm. beauty to, to that film, and it just it's a real. Real, doesn't matter if you're, you're gay, straight, bi, whatever. When you watch that film, you understand the sort of the emotions they're all going through, and it's, it's a very, it's a very sweet, very touching film. So, really intrigued to see what they do because Kate Winslet, I love, and Sasha Ronan, I also love. So, I'm really excited to see what that film will be. And that is us for this week, Barry. Where can people find us? All the usual social media haunts at Three Beers and a Movie. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's great. For this week, I've been Richard. You've been Barry. You've been listening to Three Beers and a Movie.